We are so glad that you're here to worship with us today. And if you're worshiping online, write something on the comments so that we know who is with us. If you notice, we have two roses at the altar today. Um, one is for Jonathan Lane Eccles, and the parents are Mark and Becca Eccles. That's Becca Ray, everybody. You know her. And the grandparents are Deborah and Richard Ray. Um, and then we also have one for Sava Roberts Reeves. Um, parents are Josh and Leslie Reeves. And the grandparents are Benny and Gail. You know them too. So give them a congratulations when you see them. Um, the Sarah Rabin Johnson Memorial Scholarship is going on now. That's the Mother's Day Roses Sale for our Early Learning Center. Donations of $20 or more in honor of loved one. And they'll have roses uh, for that uh, on the altar next Sunday. All donations support the Early Learning Center uh, families for scholarship assistance. Wednesday, the 17th, the youth are going bowling. That's great. Pastor Sam, you want to go? Yeah? Okay. And then, but... Before that, this Wednesday is the church picnic. You don't want to miss it. From 5 to 7, we'll be at Nakalula Falls. Hamburgers and hot dogs, and the little kids are singing. It's going to be great. And Ken Casey's going to sing, too. And New Preacher's going to be there. Yeah. Um, And get ready for Vacation Bible School. Ask Catherine Barnes how you can help with Vacation Bible School. She's going to be looking for helpers. And lastly, today is Senior Sunday. I believe our seniors are going to be in the traditional service today. But all uh, youth, youth parents, and seniors are invited to the gathering room for brunch today. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and worship with us today? This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me.
Y'all may be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you. Uh, we have something special, well, a couple of special things this morning. Uh, first is that you're here. So give yourself a hand. You're here. Hey. So thank you for worshiping with us by live stream too. But we are, we're celebrating our rising third graders. Our second graders get um, Bibles as they finish the school year and get ready for the um, third grade. And Miss Catherine's going to come up and tell us who they are. Good morning. Um, before I read from my script, I just want to say, take a look at these Bibles. I just want you to notice how many Bibles are up here. This is only the second grade. So I just want to let you know, I'm a little nervous. I just want to let you know that our children's ministry is absolutely thriving. And it's exciting. And um, we have a great Wednesday night. We have great children's church. And um, our next big event is Vacation Bible School. And these children need your help. So I just want you to just, I just think it's so cool, all these Bibles up here. And this is just our second grade kids. So. All right, so each year, our ch uh, every child that is finished with second grade will be presented with a Bible on behalf of Gadsden First United Methodist Church Children's Ministry. I ask that the church body pray for these children throughout the year as they read their Bible, study the scripture, and apply it to their daily lives. I'm going to announce all the children's names, and if you are present, please make your way to the altar and receive your Bible. Once I have called all the names, please stay here so we can pray over our children and their upcoming school year. As I look out into the sanctuary, I don't see any second graders, but we can still, we can still pray for them. Their names are on the screen, and I'm still going to call out their names. All right, Fletcher Beckett, uh, Danny Brooksbone, Chloe Cambrin, Asher Mae Collins, Sawyer Cornett, Quinn Darden, Sarah Eccles, Hadley Freeman, Clementine Hilburn, and Sarah Kate Thornburg. So now, if you'll pray with me over our second grade Bibles. Let's pray. Lord, how thankful we are for our children's ministry here at Gadsden First United Methodist Church. Thank you for each and every one of these children, for the nurture that they get at home, from the nurture they get from their teachers at school, and, and, and for our part here at Gadsden First United Methodist Church and for the job that Catherine does. We're so thankful, Lord that we're able to uh, teach them and sow seeds into them that will bloom and blossom as they thrive throughout their lives. And giving them a copy of the Bible for their very own, Lord, I hope it will build into them a lifelong love of learning about the Scripture. I pray for them, pray for their parents and grandparents and all this community of faith that will support them over the years. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Catherine. And one more thing. We have graduating seniors. Pastor Andy, do you want to say anything about our seniors? They're going to be on the screen. They're going to be on the screen. Okay, so our two seniors are coming to the
All right, let's give our second graders and our high school seniors a hand. Yeah. And we are going to also uh, take time to, to receive our offering. And you can give as the plate comes by. You can give online. Download our app if you haven't already done so. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the blessing that our, our children, our youth, and their parents. And thank you for this church. Now, as we give our tithes and offerings, Lord, we pray that you would use them to upbuild your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Children, children's church, that way.
Praise band did great today, didn't they? We, um, we pulled in Jay Knowles to add to our band. He's been on tour with Taylor Swift. But uh, he's taking a break from the road. It's just it's too hard, doesn't it, Jay? It's just too rough being on the road all the time. No, we are, we are so, uh, so blessed to have the talent that we have around here. And it's great. It leads us to a place of worship. I want to have you turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 14 today. And the screen will have the scripture up there for you. John 14, 1 through 14 in verses 25 through 27. Jesus says these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I not been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me will do the, the works that I do and in fact do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. And then verses 25 through 27. I've said these things to you while I'm still with you. Because the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In reading a devotion last week, I read um, an article by a Benedictine and Celtic scholar named Esther DeWall. And she wrote these words and they just kind of stuck in my heart. She said, life is a succession of thresholds to be crossed. I want to say that again. Life is a succession of thresholds to be crossed. So, I, for some reason, that really stuck with me because I thought, okay, that's pretty true because we're either approaching a threshold, about to cross it, or we have just left a threshold behind that we just crossed, or we're literally standing on top of the threshold wondering, okay, what do I do now? I think that May is the most thresholdy month of the year. And let me explain what I mean by that. I think I made up a new word, uh, Pastor Ken. Thresholdy, have you ever heard that one before? So, that it's graduation time, right? And we're celebrating our high school seniors today. That's a huge threshold. We're giving Bibles to our rising third graders. See, look at all these Bibles here. All of these second graders finishing the school year, going up to third grade. That's a big threshold. Thresholdy time of year, I say, May. It's thresholdy for United Methodist pastors. June is coming soon. Um, annual conference, new appointments, churches welcoming new pastors and their families. By the way, in case you didn't hear Pastor Andy earlier, when we have our picnic, not only will we have the best hamburgers and hot dogs, not only will we have the beautiful Nakalula Mountain Park Kiwanis Pavilion, 
But Pastor Sherry and her husband Rob will be there, and you get to hang out with them some. So it'll be fun. Um, new appointments, churches welcoming new pastors, pastors welcoming new churches. Scary and exciting. Thresholdy. Scary and exciting. Just for our little family, our Hayes family, let's see. We had one graduated yesterday from the University of Alabama. Y'all weren't waiting for me to say Roll Tide, were you? <laughs> Not happening. Well, I'll say a small one. Um, we will have one graduating next weekend from Duke University. I don't know what they say up there, Globe Blue Devils or something like that. And, and then our youngest is going to be entering the culinary program at Jefferson State Community College this fall. And, oh, yeah, we're moving, packing boxes, and I'm retiring. So if there is a more thresholdy moment in my life, I can't imagine what it is. So I feel myself standing on a threshold thinking, okay, so how's this going to work? So like I said before, life is a succession of thresholds. Can I mention just one more? One more. This is a big, big threshold. Big threshold. Last Tuesday, our friend Jane Herb crossed the biggest threshold of all, the eternal threshold to eternity with our Lord. We can't cross that threshold yet. We can't. But one day, we all will. So we give our love and our support to Butch and the family, and we will celebrate Jane's life on May the 18th, 6 o'clock p.m. right here at the church. Death is the final threshold, isn't it? Now, how are we going to handle all of those thresholds? We turn to the scripture like we do for everything else. And we look at the gospel that we have for this Sunday where Jesus and his disciples are celebrating Passover, which if you think about it, was about thresholds. All the way back to Egypt and the blood of the lamb on the threshold of the door. So they celebrate in the upper room. They are all at a threshold. They are all on a threshold. Jesus is trying to prepare them for what's ahead. It's not going to be easy. For one thing, they're all going to have to adjust their attitudes, right? Because they had gone into the room arguing about which one of them was the greatest. And in doing so, no one wanted to wash their feet, which was the customary hospitality thing. And so Jesus ended up getting up from supper, wrapping a towel around his waist, and washing their feet to give them an example. So they were really scared and frightened and confused when Jesus said, Look, I'm about to cross a threshold to return to the Father, and you can't come with me. You can't do it right now. You can't go, and I'm going to return to the Father. Their hearts were troubled. So in John 14, Jesus gave them what I like to think of as his last will and testament. You know, most of the time, the reading of the last will and testament happens afterwards when the lawyer gets the family into the room um, and everything. But here, Jesus is telling them what he's going to leave them when he returns to the Father. And by extension, he is telling us, his followers today, what he's leaving to us. So I want you to lean in like the last will and testament is about to be read. And hear what is being left for us by Jesus. He leaves them, well, first, some instructions. Instructions to keep their hearts calm and untroubled. As I said, their hearts were troubled. And it's totally understandable. Jesus had just told them that one of them was going to betray him. And so they were, which one? Which one of us? Lord, is it me? Is it me? I, I bet it's him. I bet it's him. And then he told them that they were all going to deny him and desert him. And Peter's like, oh, no, not me. Everybody else might deny you, but not me. And then he told them that he was going to go and cross the threshold of death and return to the Father. And that they couldn't cross it with him right now. So troubled? Yes. Scared? Yes. How were they supposed to have a calm heart? How were they supposed to sing in the middle of the storm as we just sang in our song just now? How could they follow these instructions? I think the only way was just by firmly believing 
in him. He said, just like you would trust God with anything, just like you would trust the Father with anything, trust me. Trust me. So how is this going to work? We're standing on this threshold. How is it going to work? I'm just going to have to trust. I'm just going to have to have some faith. And then Jesus says something exciting. He promises in his last will and testament a future home. And my father's house, y'all, I can't say this without saying what the King James says. In my father's house are many mansions. Y'all, everybody, everybody has heard that, right? But a better translation is many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus said, I wouldn't pull your leg about this. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and you're going to cross that threshold with me someday. You're going to be where I am one of these days. Have you ever thought about, and I know you've probably experienced this before at least once in your life, how awful it is to have somebody say to you, there's no place for you here. You can't stay here. You're going to have to leave. There's not enough room. There's not enough room for you. You're not welcome. How awful is that to hear? It's terrible, isn't it? It makes you feel. It makes you have a lump in your throat and a pit in your stomach. And... But how heavenly is it to hear, you're welcome here. There's plenty of room for you. You're welcome, not only you, but your friends, not only you and your friends, but from every tribe and nation. There's room in the Father's house for you. So, when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of parents expecting the arrival of a child. And some of you have experienced this, some of you have not, but... Um, I'm just going back in time to when uh, we were what we call in the South fixing up the nursery. Y'all know what I'm saying? Fixing up the nursery. You know, you pick out the colors you want to paint. You pick out the furniture. You get uh, you get the what's the little furry things that hang over the crib that the baby the mobile. You pick out the mobile. You know, um, and um, so everything, and the whole time you're doing that, you're just expecting, and you're smiling, and you're happy, and you just know one of these days, before too long, we're fixing up this place. And that's what I think about. Jesus is fixing up the place for us, smiling and thinking all the time, expecting that day when we will cross the threshold, and we will arrive. That's Jesus' promises. That's what he leaves us, promise of a future home. The most important thing for us now, in the meantime, is that Jesus leaves us an example, a way to live. Verses 5 and 6, Thomas says, you know, doubting Thomas, he's, you know, I, re I can relate to him sometimes. He says, Lord, how can we know the way? You said we know the way. How can we know the way? We haven't been there yet. And Jesus said, don't worry about that. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Notice that Jesus didn't say, I'm going to tell you about a way. He didn't say, I'm going to tell you about the truth or I'm going to tell you how to live the life. He said, I am those things. Knowing that we cannot cross the threshold yet, that we're stuck here in the meantime, we need an example. We need an example of how to live. And Jesus gives us that. It's simple, but it's not easy. I want to say that again because it's important. It's simple, but it's not easy. If you want to know the way, Jesus said, I'm the way. Follow me. Do what I do. Say what I said. Treat people like I treated them. If you want to know the truth, look, follow me. You know, we get so hot and bothered about doctrines and and. Uh, practices and how to do things and all of that kind of thing. But there's really just one thing to focus on. It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Because if what we say and what we do and what we believe and what we teach and how we live and how we treat each other and how we welcome each other doesn't look like Jesus, then we're not following the way. We're following something, but we're not following the way. 
Jesus said, I'm the way. And we don't know the truth. We might know something, but we don't know the truth because Jesus said, I'm the truth. And if we are not following that way, then we're moving toward darkness and not toward light. It's simple, but it's not easy. How are we supposed to do that? Like I said, it's not easy. Simple, but not easy. Well, that's the fourth thing that Jesus leaves. He leaves us the promise of the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, the Father will send the Comforter, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, depending on what translation you have. God's presence living in us, empowering us, helping us, and leading us. Through the Holy Spirit, the Lord will be with the disciples and with all believers, with us, even though he's no longer there with them in the flesh. Well, how does that work? Well, they didn't know. They would find out on the day of Pentecost, but until then, they had to wait and watch. And, you know, while we're on thresholds, sometimes we're really saying, how's this going to work? And what God says is, wait and watch and pray and trust me. When you get there, you'll have what you need. And then finally, Jesus leaves us his peace. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. I give to you not as the world gives. Life is a succession of thresholds. In Jesus' day, it was very common for when a person crossed the threshold coming into a room for that person to greet uh, everybody there by saying shalom, peace. Or when a person was leaving a room crossing the threshold on the way out to say goodbye to them by saying shalom, peace. It was a culture thing, a common thing. But Jesus said, I'm not leaving you the ordinary kind of peace that the world gives. It's not a casual shalom. I'm leaving you my peace. Because the world's peace might mean absence of trouble. Jesus doesn't promise absence of trouble. The world's peace might mean an escape. I'm going off. I'm going off. I'm putting myself in time out. I'm not facing things. And that's not what Jesus means. Jesus' peace means an untroubled and unfearful heart in the midst of trouble, in the midst of loss, even in the midst of, brace yourself, even in the midst of change. We celebrate Holy Communion today. We think about that Passover celebration that Jesus had with his disciples in the upper room. The one where he gave them and the one where he gives us his last will and testament. We remind ourselves over and over again because we celebrate Holy Communion over and over again. And we do that over and over again because life is a succession of thresholds that we're passing over. And the bread and the cup reminds us of his commands, his promises. A future home, an example to live by, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Peace in a troubled world. And the good news is all are welcome at the table. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup, returned thanks to the Father and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, thank you for the good gifts of life that you pour into our lives. Thank you for the reminder
that our hearts can be calmed even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of change. Thank you, Lord, for the peace that you give to us, for the promise of a new home when we cross death's final threshold. And thank you for your body broken for us, for your blood shed for us. Forgive us, Lord, as we come to this table for the ways that we failed to live up to your glory. Free us and make us new creatures so that we can go forth from this place renewed and strengthened. Pour out your spirit upon us gathered here out of love for you and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Make us one with each other by your spirit. Make us one with you. And make us one in ministry to all the world. Until you come again and we feast at your heavenly banquet. Until we cross that threshold. We give you thanks. Amen. Just a a couple of things in the way of reminders as we share communion together. Uh, Everyone is invited to receive communion. You don't have to be a member of this church or of any church. You're welcome at the Lord's table. Um, We will, uh, Pastor Andy and I will serve from out front and then you're welcome to kneel at the altar and pray after you receive the elements. If you would like to receive them uh, at your seat, we'll make arrangements to do that. We just want to make sure that everybody has access. If you're worshiping online with us at home, you can uh, get whatever you have on hand wherever you are and then you can be in communion with us even though you're not in this room together we would welcome that and love to uh, to see you do that and then finally um, it's our custom to leave a communion offering on the altar rail this goes for our local missions fund and 100% of any offering that you uh, use that you leave on the altar rail will be used uh, for local missions and so just give us the Lord leads you
We give you thanks, O Lord, for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself for us. Grant that we might go forth in the power of your Holy Spirit to give ourselves for others. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, I will. I'm sorry. It's kind of hard to do right when you're singing.